Welcome to the Barons Hideout Podcast. I'm your host, Dustin. And I'm your co-host, Dean, and we'd like to let you know where you can find us. The best way to find our socials is on our link tree at the Barons Hideout, which has our Twitter, Instagram, and podcast links. And you can find me on Instagram at Dean of the Dead Hot Sauce, on Facebook under Dean Sharp, and also my website, www.deanofthedead.com. Lastly, if you wish to support us further, you can subscribe to our Patreon for $1 a month. Now, to the show. solo tonight but that's okay because we have our third time appearance um well guest i think is the best way to say that instead of appearance but my third time <laughs> guest kato ac how are you doing Hi, i'm great how are you i am fantastic i got my coffee which i desperately needed all day pumpkin <sighs> of course but it's, it's fall so i mean we got to have everything pumpkin right i have yet to have my my first pumpkin of the season but it's it's what coming are you doing? soon I know. What am I doing? What, what am are you I doing? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. You got to get out and go, go, go get that right now. I'll stop and then you can go get you. <laughs> oh my God. If I had caffeine this late, I would never sleep. <laughs> oh, that's okay. Um, I used to be yeah. that way, but I, I drink cold brews and like espresso shots and everything all the time now. And it's, I'm a mute. <sighs> it's just enough to keep me going. That's, that's all I care about. But um, before yeah. we jump into the main event, I know there's a bunch of uh, revealer stuff uh, that just came out, the, the comic drop today. And uh, I know we were kind of talking about that a little bit before we started, but um, how are you feeling with all the buzz right now? You know, it's really wild as like a, a, a self-proclaimed weird, creepy kid to like be a comic book character. It's kind of, it's a dream come true. A and big print of you right here. That's me. <laughs> and it's just, I don't know, it's just, I have it. I've had so uh, fun fact. I've had the 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 comic book covers as my screen awesome. on my phone for like a year because um, I knew I've known about the comic since like day two or three of filming. Um, yeah. But we kept it really really quiet. But of course, you know, working with Tim and Mike, we were not going to not do a comic release. But now that it's out, I was like whoa this is next level surreal so yeah and yeah. i also saw luke saying that like all of the comic book shops are selling out which is nuts that's so yeah. awesome so. i i had to text my friend stella cheeks friend of the pod um who uh she is a, a very uh comic book nerdy person she also does a lot with wrestling and burlesque and um she works at challengers comics here in chicago and i was like hey i need you to set aside all four covers for me because i will not be able to get them until the weekend and i don't want them to sell out but yeah i yeah. think um i gotta email mike but i think he's sending out a couple for me um because i don't know you guys are awesome and like for him to do that and or even like Luke to want to send stuff to us, like that means a lot. Like we, I was pushing that movie very hard, and like you know, everybody's loving it. And I'm so happy that everybody is loving it. I mean, this is, it's not the movie we're talking about tonight, but now that I have you here and just like 
to see it all like come forward and everybody loving it on Shutter and like comic book is out now. This it's so awesome to see the small little thing that you guys did turn into something. No. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. it's it's really cool. I mean, I, I'm like, if you had told like 16 year old Kato that I would be like a scream queen and like a comic book hero, like I, I never, I never in my wildest dreams imagined that. So. Yep. And now you're on a bunch of podcasts, which is freaking awesome. I've been seeing you and yeah. Shana on a lot of them, which is really, really good. That's good. It um, is so fun. Everybody is so awesome. We've just been having a blast just getting the opportunity to talk with so many people from the horror community. What a dream. Yep. And um, I'm still waiting on Black Mold. I can't wait for that. So um, patiently waiting, patiently waiting for when there's a release date and when it's going to come out. So uh, I'll be there day one <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Um, I know we're pretty deep in the throes of the, the edit. I was speaking with John Pata earlier today. Awesome. Um, we're chatting about it, so yeah. I can't, I can't wait. I can't wait. <sighs> but today, we're talking about Scream, nineteen ninety six. Yeah. This was your pick when I asked you. This was my pick. What, like two months ago? I think it was like two months ago. It's been a while since we were yeah. talking like this. Um, I know, kind of exchanged things, you know, on on the social medias every now and then. Just the horror world is so crazy. Like, I wanted to keep talking about revealer for as long as i possibly could but there's so <laughs> many new things that are coming out and like being a, a podcaster it's so hard to hang up on one thing and keep that forever because you want to move yeah. on to the next thing you know so i felt really bad for not posting so much about it i try to retweet as much as i can because i love the film it's it's in my top five favorite films of all time and um oh my gosh thank know. you like when I had to drop it to do all these other things, um, <laughs> it, it kind of hurt me a little bit. I was like, damn it. <laughs> I don't want them to think that I don't care about the movie anymore. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. Know? No, no. You have given us so much love and praise and uh, attention. It has just been really wonderful. And there's so much amazing horror that's come out even, you know, since we first recorded. Like, oh, yeah. Black Phone and Barbarians coming out. We've got Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. We've got more, you know, more of the X series is coming yeah. out um there's just so much happening right now it's pretty cool to see yeah and um we have this new thing that we're we're kind of i don't want to say we're partnering or anything but screenbox that the other platform like we are kind of attached to them a lot so we're doing a lot of um stuff for them right now and that's taking up a lot of our time um it's super fun and it's really cool to build like these um relationships um i would have loved to do it with shutter but shutter is such a giant beast right now it's so hard sure, to yeah. like get yourself in there and like they kind of reached Screenbox really reached out to us and was like hey do you want to start doing some stuff for us and we're like let's do it so that's what we're doing now and occasional movie reviews um our schedule's been kind of whack um just because of dean um going on vacation so um our recording days are kind of sporadic <laughs> but that's okay we're, totally we're, we're here doing this one tonight and um you and you're here um after i think moving it times i know so sorry when you were like we can move it again it's cool i was like no we're doing it tonight yeah. i mean that's fine like i it doesn't bother me at all um it's just i always feel bad on on your end you know because i'm like i don't want to have to move it for you because you have so many other things going on you have or like other guests or like you know promoting new movies or whatnot it's like we can't move that when you have to do it um but since sure. this is a movie review i felt like it was kind of okay like if you wanted to move it it's completely fine 
Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm excited to do this one. Uh, I know this is a movie that everybody talks about all the time, but it's one that I think we should continue talking about just because of how influential it is and how important it is in the horror space. And um, I guess before I dive into any of the IMDb or Rotten Tomato stuff, um, why did you want to pick this one? Um, I mean, you you presented me with a list of incredibly cool films to choose and you're like you get first pick <laughs> yeah which i accidentally deleted that whole list <laughs> oh, wait i might have it i uh, might have it in an email all right if you do you can send to it you. to me but i i think i remember what everything's on it but um yeah <laughs> i was cleaning out yeah. i think my my drive because i had my google drive and i think i accidentally deleted. i was like shit <laughs> but um go on <laughs> I, I i should i should see if i still have it but um but yeah scream kind of jumped out to me because um i think it it's got a different kind of iconic to it um you know it being in the 90s it being you know it really kind of paved the way for this very meta horror genre yeah um very tongue-in-cheek very much talking about you know horror audiences and you know, kind of the scope of how horror is received in the, you know, more mainstream community. So I think that there's something just really interesting about that. And I, it had been a while since I had watched it. So I was kind of like, all right, let's go. Let's do this. Yeah. I didn't realize that this movie was like two hours long. Um, I thought it was only it's like an hour and a half, but then I was like, that. I was like, oh, wow, this is really long. But <laughs> a movie like this, though, because it's so entertaining and there's so much stuff going on, it flies by. Um, I don't know if I can really say that about the sequels, uh, even though I've seen all the Scream movies. Um, but this one, I think, will always be my favorite. I, I know a lot of people kind of go towards two a little bit more. Um, mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, this one has always been a little bit um, more, I guess, important. And um, obviously, we saw the new Scream movie, reviewed that one this year. Which, you know, I was kind of, um, like, I liked it, but I didn't like it at the same time. I had, like, mixed feelings. And then I watched it again, and it, it grew on me a little bit more. It, it was yeah. kind of like the same reaction I had when I watched Halloween Kills. I was like, I don't know. Sure. And then I watched it a couple more times, and I really warmed up to it. I was like, you know what? What they had and what they were doing, I respect it. You know? And um, yeah. for a mm-hmm. franchise that's been going on for so long... And to keep it fresh, I feel like that's really hard, especially with a franchise like Halloween and Scream. Yeah. And, and now we have another Scream movie coming, um, which I think the last one should have been the last one they did. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what they're doing with, with the situation. Of- yeah, it does feel a little bit like they're trying to keep up with the Halloween kills, Halloween ends, you know, that's happening here. Yeah. I think they're they're doing a bit of that, maybe. Yeah, and that Nev's not in it too is another thing that I'm like, yeah. don't know how I'm gonna feel about it. But you know, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna give it a chance as a horror fan, as a lover of everything spooky. I'm gonna watch it. Yep, <laughs> no. gotta give it a shot. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, but I'll jump into the IMDb and give a quick rundown of who's in this, and then um, I will quiz you on the Rotten Tomato scores if you haven't. Hopefully, you haven't looked at them. I haven't looked at them. I did rewatch scream and scream 2 with some friends recently and that was like the extent of the research that i did i was like don't go too far down the rabbit hole you know what i mean okay yeah that's fine that's fine um so obviously we have nev campbell who plays sydney courtney cox who plays gail weathers david arquette who plays dewey 
Um, Ski uh, Ulrich, who plays um, Billy. Drew Barrymore is a very um, short-lived, kind of like a, an homage, I was thought, to Psycho. I was thought that's kind of how they did that with um, uh, her being very short-lived. And it, I think I wrote in my notes, too, that I think it was only 13 minutes that she's in the total movie. The total movie is 13 minutes in, and then she's done. So uh, very, very short-lived. Um, and then obviously we have to talk about the Ghostface you know, voice actor, who is Rob, Roger Jackson, very very important um, figure in this franchise. Um, Rose McGowan and Matthew Lillard, I guess, are probably the the, the main ones we really want to talk about. And um, Jamie yeah, Kennedy that's like also. The core. Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot. Actually, there's a big casting um, list for this movie, but it's a lot of like. Just people in the background, you know, normal stuff. Yeah. Um, directed by Wes Craven. This was in 1996. Um, let me see if there's a budget. Sometimes INDB likes me and gives me a budget, and sometimes it doesn't. Uh, let's see. Oh, wow. Budget was $14 million. Okay. Whoa. Est- estimated. That was, the, that was the blood budget alone. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. But I mean, Wes Craven at this point, he was so high in his career, and he he yeah. saved like New Line and whatnot, so they really helped him out on that. So I I can see why he got a really big budget for that. Yeah. Um, we got. What some... did it gross at the box office? Opening weekend was about um, six million and four hundred. So that's not too bad. It didn't make it back, but now, holy shit. <laughs> Worldwide gross. This is like up. I I would imagine it's updated to like present time. But this is another thing I always talk about. Is like we never get like digital sales or um, physical media sales numbers or anything like that. It's like just strictly in the theaters and if it's been like shown again in the theaters. But that was um one hundred and seventy three uh, million uh, dollars worldwide. Um, so that's Whoa. that's a lot. <laughs> so it, it made its it's made its money back plus a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So I guess you would kind of expect that from a movie like this. Correct. All right. Rotten Tomatoes. This okay. this blew my mind. All right. This blew my mind. The scores. Okay. okay. So the the tomato meter out of eighty two reviews and it's out of a hundred percent. What do you think they they rank to that? For the for the reviews for the, the critics? Yes, critic score. Critic score. Um I honestly am gonna guess that the critic score is actually pretty low. I think it's probably around like forty three percent. Final answer? Yeah. Seventy nine. Whoa, really? Yeah, certified fresh. Wow. So okay. Honestly, like I, w- I was just kind of thinking of the time period, like '96. You know, Roger Ebert. Uh, you know, like all of, <laughs> yeah, it's like always hates, It's always, I, always hates horror. Like hates it. You know, and um, so I was just kind of thinking of the time. So seven. It was '76. Is that what you said? Um, '79. '79. I wonder then, if that might tell me when the last review is, because you, I always forget about that. Like you got to think of like when it came out. And when yeah. people started recently doing reviews, um, 
It looked like the last review was in 2018. So it, it's being updated, but just not super frequent. Yeah. Um, but yeah. how about the audience score? Okay, now now I'm going to find out that the audience score is really low. Actually, what if it's really high? I'm guessing it, maybe it's like a 96. 79. They're both 79. Whoa, that's wild. I've never seen that. I was kind that. of expecting, n- neither have I. Never seen um, both scores being the exact same, ever. I also just was kind of expecting one to be like weirdly low and then one to be extremely high. I mean, it is such a fan favorite that I was just kind of anticipating a high audience score anyway. Yeah. But um, I am kind of surprised that like the critic score is so high, but it is Wes Craven. And like you're saying, it's kind of like the heyday of his career. Like, yeah, he was just riding such a high. Yeah, for sure. Um, One thing I do like about Rotten Tomatoes, I I just recently found out that they do. They have a release date for when it was in theaters and then a release date when it was streaming. Um, But but when they say streaming, I don't know if that means like going to um, video um, because this date that they have, I think it was like when it was ported out to video. So the release date for theaters was um, December 20th, 1996. Weird time for a horror movie like this, I think, in December. Yeah, for not being like it's kind of got just like a summery vibe to it. Yeah, it's like a spring summer because of school and everything that's in it. So yeah. a bit weird. Um, and then we have the release date for streaming, which is December eighth, nineteen ninety eight. So that must have mm. been when it came to video or something. Because back then, movies were in the theaters for a long time, like months. Nowadays, right. it's movies are in the theater for what two, four weeks maybe. If we're lucky. Yeah. And there's no dollar theaters left anymore, really. <laughs> yeah. I think our, we had one that was near us. Um, and I think it recently just closed down, which was really sad because it was a nice place. And I like to kind of go there. Um, years ago, I used to go with my mom and we used to kind of just watch just movies that were old. And like I wanted to have that theater experience um, for, yeah. you know, cheap. And uh, we don't have those anymore. But we do have a drive-in. And I, I, I do oh, nice. like to go to that when I have time. So um, I can't complain about that. <laughs> that um, was the, I saw the stylist for the first time at a drive-in and it was my first time going to a drive-in. That is, that's a way to do it. Was Hell yeah. Super cool. And it was really great. It was the first time I met Jill and like, yeah, props just hanging out. Yeah, it was great. It was freezing. It was right before Halloween in 2020. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, she's also a friend of the show. So awesome. She's great. I just love seeing all these new movies get so much love. And I mean, her movie is, is older, um, but with it still being in such a high is it's, it's great. And the new movie that you, that you're both working on together and I just can't wait. (laughs) I really, really can't. I love, (laughs) love horror and I love doing what I do here, even though it's just a hobby, but like it's, it's going in a place right now that, feels like it's going to be not a hobby anymore and i'm really really excited and thank you for you know wanting to come on multiple times because i always feel like i'm not that great of a guest (laughs) no (laughs) uh, you're great oh man dean's always like dude you know what you're doing you 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 talk great you have great points i'm just like i don't don't see it but i mean if everybody else likes my show and whatnot then you know what that's what matters thank you for you know taking the time out of your day to come on for the third time Gladly. <laughs> um, but now we can jump into the movie. Um, since you yeah. are the guest, 
I'll let you pick. Where do you want to start? Do you want to start at the beginning and go through the... Hello? Hello? Who is this? You tell me your name, I'll tell you mine. <laughs> I don't think so. What's that noise? Popcorn. You're making popcorn? Well, I'm getting ready to watch a video. Really? What? Well, just some scary movie. You like scary movies? Uh-huh. You never told me your name. Why do you want to know my name? I want to know who I'm looking at. Someone is playing a deadly game. It all began with a scream over 911. Someone who's seen one too many scary movies. Now, he's taken his love of fear. Hello? Hello, Sydney. One step too far. Do you like scary movies? What's the point? They're all the same. Some stupid killer stalking some big-breasted girl who can't act who's always running up the stairs when she should be going out the front door. It's insulting. There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a scary movie. Number one, you can never have sex. Hey, what is me? Never, ever, ever under any circumstances say, I'll be right back. Because you won't be back. You get another beer, you want one? Yeah, sure. I'll be right back. He didn't make the rules. The police are always off track. If they watch Palm Night, they save time. He just kills by them. Don't answer the phone. Don't open the door. Don't try to hide. Casey thing is there one scene in here that sticks out to you the most that you want to kind of pinpoint first I'll let you kind of guide us um in the beginning yeah I mean I think that we cannot I think we got to start with a bang like Casey's scene is truly like probably the most iconic yeah of the scenes with the exception of maybe like that final kitchen scene um <laughs> Where Stu gets the phone thrown at him. Oh, come on, man. Yeah. Oh, that I'm is dying over here. That was hilarious. Um, but yeah, I think we need to talk about Casey. Sweet, sweet Casey. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's funny because I feel like, you know, when I visualize Scream or like my concept as a teen kind of coming into the knowledge of, of Scream as a film, and not knowing anything about it and not really knowing the actors really who were in it because I wasn't super up on, I, I was a little young for when it came out so that when I got older, I could have looked back on it. And um, to me, I was like, oh, Drew Barrymore's in it. That look, the wig, like that blonde hair, the yeah. sweater, like it's so iconic looking. And that scene is so short that I was actually really surprised to find out that she was not more of a final girl or like a featured character in the film yeah they they tricked you <laughs> it's the psycho they you did. know it's the, the whole psycho um misleading thing to kind of get people to go and and watch the movie because drew barrymore was at her height during this whole time and um 
she's obviously been in other horror movies like Firestarter and and I think there was a couple others, but I always forget what they are. But Firestarter, I think, was what really helped her be put in the map as well. Um, and then when you are asked by Wes Craven and and Co to want a movie, I don't think at that point in anybody's career they're gonna say no. Um, just because of how much pull he had um, with his films and, and writing. And people, you know, say what they want about some of his films, but I think he was brilliant. And this movie just goes to show um, that he knows what he was doing. And, uh, you know, rest in peace. And it sucks that he's gone and he wasn't able to see um, the new movie. I think he would have really loved it to see how much it was, you know, giving a love letter to this uh, movie because of how similar things are and how they were kind of doing things the same way, but they were reinventing it. I think he would have really, really loved it. Um, yeah. And they even kind of did the whole beginning scene um, in the new movie, but just played it completely different. Um, yeah. And I think it was great. And, and obviously the Casey scene in this has some of the best quotes, um, I think, ever. Um, and they're... Yeah. Everybody says them all the time, um, like when when he's asking for her name, when he when the Ghostface is asking for her name, he says, "Oh, why do you want to know me, my name? Because I want to know who I'm looking at." And just that gives me goosebumps every that time I hear moment. that. It's just like I'm done. This is too real. <laughs> it's too crazy. Like uh, I would love. I like, I'll um watch um when a stranger calls. I think that's is that the one when the. When the girl's babysitting the kids and she gets that call in the house, I think that's what it is. Because uh, there was a there was a remake. I haven't seen it. In an original, I think it's when a stranger calls. It's kind of like a nod mm-hmm. to that. Um, and that movie gives me chills too. Um, especially being a parent now and whatnot. Whenever mm-hmm. there's like mm-hmm. children <laughs> involved in any horror movie, it, it hits me really, really hard. Like Black Phone. Yeah. Like, that hit oh, me. <laughs> God, Black Phone. Black Phone messed me up for like a few days. I really liked that. Yeah, it's it's great, and for it to be adapted from a short story into a full length feature is is amazing. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, this movie gives me chills too because obviously, like they're 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 all kids. I mean, my son is is really young, but this still kind of hits me because like you relate to them because obviously we were teenagers at one point. We all did really stupid shit. Um, and then me realizing like, Hey, my son's going to grow up. And what if he runs into some weird situation, not like what's happening in this film, but something like that, where, you know, he's being stalked or whatever it is. It's very, very scary. And this movie feels very Mm -hmm. real, um, for it being like a satire on horror itself. Um, and this whole 13 minute scene with, with Casey and Steve and that whole like kind of cat and mouse thing crazy (laughs) yeah yeah well it also just really sets the tone of this is like a high school horror film and we're starting to kind of see some of this stuff emerging like i think the final destinations were starting to come out around this time and we're kind of shifting away from you know we had halloween where Lori is a, a teenager you know she's in her teen years when it happens but it's not really a teen to me it's not really like a teen film it's about the dynamic between her and Michael right like yeah. that's what we're seeing and then you think about um Friday the 13th like again we're seeing teens like at at cabins it's summer camp you know like we're seeing more of that but this was like very much high school dynamics and it was so it was such a product of its time 
in the 90s like this was absolutely what was happening you know we like those we're seeing it kind of full circle coming around with a lot of like gen z being like you know yeah. i'm like seeing fashions that i wore in the 90s like coming back and i'm like oh, yeah God. but <laughs> you know this film is just so iconic 90s and it has that attitude that was very specific about being a teen in the 90s i, I was a teen you know in the 2000s but um looking back on it and just like at the moment you look at it i'm like wow i am dead ass in 96 right now yeah and i, I love the way this film looks too it, it it has like almost like a realistic filter on it it doesn't feel yeah. too um i don't know drenched in like editing um whatever they were doing back in the in the day like different filters or whatnot it was very bright um colorful yeah. but realistically colored you know they weren't adding a bunch of different colors to it they kept everything as real as possible um except right. for like the end with the blood and everything they obviously had to make it pop a little bit more so sure, yeah. you gotta you gotta do a little bit of stuff there but for the most part the movie feels very real um yeah and i love that and we're seeing so many daytime scenes yeah which, which i thought really like we didn't really get especially like thinking of like those larger franchises like i was talking about is like we think of the all of the most of the kills in friday the 13th happen at night you know we don't really see a whole lot of daytime stuff happening we do get the daytime shot of like you know we see michael in the distance in halloween but the fact that there's so much that is like brightly lit in this film was actually really interesting and i think definitely a product of the times i don't know it just it kind of it, the other film that kind of jumped to my mind is Hellraiser. You oh, know, okay, so we're yeah. kind of we've got this dichotomy of color that's happening and brightness that's happening. I mean, Hellraiser was a little bit older, but you know, yeah, correct. Okay, I don't want to have the horror movie nerds no, no, yelling you're, at you're, me for getting my correct. timelines wrong. You're correct. That that was um eighty nine, I believe. So yeah, you're fine. <laughs> yeah. So like we're kind of coming out of we're transitioning from you know the Nine Inch Nails first album into you know <laughs> yeah 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 the industrial era so for sure um but yeah like with Casey and being her boyfriend essentially mm-hmm. get killed but he's gutted literally um and then she gets chased and then she gets gutted and like hung and her parents have to see that which is so disturbing and it sucks too because they're just getting home and she's out there she's right there it is that like god moment yep and the music that plays during that too it really gets to you and oh it's it's giving me chills right now just thinking about it like i said like being a parent right now and like realizing if that was my kid right i would probably just end myself there as well because like i don't know how i could continue on seeing my child gutted and hung and oh it's just very visceral and this movie is very very visceral um people don't really think of it that way but i do um because yeah. there's a lot of really crazy things that happen um not even just the killings just how people talk to each other and mm-hmm. and seeing how um people react and how the principal is <laughs> Henry Wrinkler, yeah. I mean, that, that's such a great role for him. It know? really is. <laughs> and the, just every single red herring, like, every single turn, we're seeing, like, wait, but is it this person? Like, Yeah. And this is a movie that really, I think, sparked the whodunit. I mean, obviously, we had mm-hmm. films that did it before. Like, we had Clue, like, way, yep. way back when. Um, 
and oh my god this there was another one i was just thinking of earlier god this murder so, by death have you seen uh, that film i think so i've seen that so many films wild. that like if you tell me the name i'm probably like yeah but i'll have to like watch a trailer <laughs> probably yeah. um murder by death is one of those ones that was like a neil simon play and it does not hold up in 2022 because there are, are like massive amounts of racism in it but it, yeah, it is very much oh yeah <laughs> but it is very much one of those whodunit that like then we see clue but yeah i mean that that's a really good point this is a whodunit film um and we have so many characters to choose from yeah i think the only movie that <laughs> i can say that is trying to be a whodunit but it's not and it's i ranked it i think lowest I think we've ever ranked anything on the show is um, the Mutilator. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen oh, that movie. <laughs> I have not. Oh my god! You, I want you to go watch that one and get back to me and be like, "Why'd you make me watch this?" <laughs> um, god, I think I, I gave that like a, a point one or something. It's it's so bad. Wow. Oh no. Uh, it's on Shutter, and I think it's also on Screenbox. It's. <laughs> oh boy um but if you want a really cheesy crappy movie to watch just to put on and not really care about the plot that's that's a movie um but um there's one thing in this film that i actually just realized i watched this a couple of days ago is uh the next scene after uh casey is, is killed and it cuts to sydney's room with with billy yeah, and I don't know why I never realized this, but this the movie tells you who the killer is right off right off the bat. They play a cover of "Don't Fear the Reaper." Okay, yes, I was hoping this was what you were going to bring up. <laughs> yes, and I never realized that before until I I watched it. I had I had my headphones on. Usually I just watch it through the TV, but I really wanted to be really immersed. And I and I heard that I was like, why did I never pick this up before? same last time i watched it in preparation for this i was like is that a cover of don't fear the reaper and then we were watching it with subtitles on and it was the first time that i was like oh i'm catching the lyrics yes they absolutely yeah. indicated who the killer is yep. in the second scene yep so it's like you can't, you know where it is but it's so hidden behind everything because you're so focused on this relationship with her you know with billy in there and then they're having you know um, sexual tension and whatnot mm -hmm. and like the, obviously the the father is going away so you're focusing mm -hmm. on all these other things and like i'm um, talking about like the exorcist and all these other movies so you're, you're really thinking about that and you're really into it and you're, you're trying to understand these characters you're not thinking about that at all yeah, but i really was and that's what i really like about doing movie reviews because I, I i changed the way i watch movies so i can get my notes down and hit these points I don't think I would have ever realized this if I didn't. So, um, right, yeah. Thank you for wanting to come on and do this one and make <laughs> me do it because I'm happy I, I, I realized right. that now. I'm going to have to go back and watch all the other screen movies to see if they did that or yeah, if, they to were, see if they'll throw if you off. If there's some play, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's so smart too. I don't, yeah. I don't know why I never thought of that. It's so subtle. Like, I had that exact same moment of like, oh my God. God, that's what they're doing right now. Yeah. <laughs> so everybody else who's listening right now, go go rewatch Scream. I don't care how many times you've you've seen it. Just go to that scene, and then you'll know exactly what we're talking about. Maybe you've already realized that, and we're just really dumb. 
<laughs> you know, who knows? No, I mean, like, I'm sure that there's some people screaming at their podcast right now being like, yeah, you didn't know? Yeah, it's <laughs> but, like, what do you I mean, mean you didn't I, know? Like, if you... I hadn't, as an adult, you need, needed my emotional support subtitles <laughs> yeah. to watch movies nowadays, I cannot do it otherwise. Yeah. I don't, I wouldn't have caught it. I don't think I would have caught it. Uh, I think the next scene is the school scene that we kind of get introduced to everybody else. Um, do you have a favorite out of the whole friend group? Um, I really, uh, I mean, I don't know. Like at first Stu's like a fun character. Like he's, he's the clown, you know, he's really like the fool of the group. So he's pretty funny, but like in my mind, I was like thinking about like, if I were in this friend group, how would I feel? Yeah. And I think Stu would drive me nuts because he eventually would say something where you're like, God damn it, dude. Why? I mean, even um, Tatum's like that. So it's like, just shut up, Stu. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, I do like Tatum. I feel like, uh, I don't know. I mean, it, it's hard to say. I think overall, I am always pulling for Sydney. I also just really like Nev Campbell's portrayal overall. I think she just has a, um, a, a powerful sweetness to yeah, very her innocent that, very yeah she's got an innocence but like she's definitely like no punches are pulled in this like she will go in and she will not stop and i you know that's something i love about the final girl trope in general but um i think it was really you know they there's always conversations around sex and sexual intimacy and her like having it be something that was more like a a means of agency rather than like um you know uh no thou shalt not sin finger wag kind of mentality about it i thought you know because she was she was sexy and sexual but in her own kind of way and i thought that that also made her very powerful so i'm a big sydney stan um Billy would be, of course, the guy I would have a crush on, and <laughs> it would be to my chagrin. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a friend group in which you can cast all of your D and D party. Oh hell yeah, <laughs> hell yeah. Yep. Um, see, I, I'm the nerd one, so I always pull towards either Randy or Dewey. <laughs> yep. Always. Yep. Um, yeah, oh, I love them both. But uh, last watch, I was, I was really pulling towards Dewey. I, I love how naive he is. I mean, obviously, this uh, deputy at this point, he's not so um, um, burst into what's going on. He's learning just as everybody else is. And that's what I really like about this movie is, like, everybody is learning. When you get to the other movies, like, you like you introduce new characters that neither learn things that, like, the other ones already know. So they have to, like, get them to learn, like, hey, just don't trust anybody or whatnot. Like, it's probably yeah. you that's going to kill me or whatever. Um, I mean, obviously, I'm going to say I-, I love Sydney too, because she's a great, great character in this movie. And um, obviously, it's all around her and her family, and it, it comes back to her at the end. Um, but, yeah, I think I'm going to go with Dewey. Um, just Yeah funny <laughs> you know who dewey reminds me of is uh a little bit of andy from twin peaks oh okay okay you know like a little bit of that kind of energy i think yeah. trying to see what else because there's so many things in this movie oh and oh we have the the talk of like 
oh, maybe it's a, a you know a woman that's that's doing the killing and not and not a man. Which I thought that was that's really ahead of its time. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, I feel like everybody in all the movies always a a man. Usually, a man is doing the killing. So for a movie like this in the 1990s, you'd be like, oh, maybe it's a woman that's going out and doing all these killings. Or it's a man. It's like, it could be anybody. And that's what I, I like about this, is that it was, it kind of changed how um, you had to go about movies like this, um, especially slashers. Yeah. It's like, now it can be anybody. It doesn't just have to be one gender. It can be right. anything. And that, that speaks very, very strong, especially in today's, you know, age and, and, and climate and everything so um props on screen for for doing that before anybody else maybe right. there's a movie that did that before but i can't think of one um Friday the 13th with the mom i mean yeah, yeah. but like that's a reach <laughs> yeah yeah i guess so i would say psycho but i mean we all know that it was it was norman at the end yeah um but they were trying with something like that i think in psycho so i guess that was kind of ahead of his time that was right. I think it was the last movie we just did review too, and that's the one Ken was on. <laughs> oh yeah, nice. So um, yeah, we got that, and um, oh, and then the the big scene, the the first like big scene with Sydney is when I think she's home alone and she's supposed to be getting picked up by Tatum, um, and then she gets to call. And she falls asleep on the couch. Yeah, she gets. Yeah. To, she's watching the news about her mom. Then she gets a call from Tatum, who says that she's going to be late. Then she gets the ghost face call. And mm-hmm. then she's like, you know what? I'm not going to put up with this. I'm just going to go outside and just come come at me. So this is, I love that. She doesn't care. She's strong. She's going to face whatever's going at her because she's fed up with everything, obviously. Um, and, and also dealing with Gail and whatnot with the book that's being written. So she has a lot of pressure on her. And her dad's out of town. So um, she has to deal right. with that. So she's alone and yeah it's that kind of it's it's almost the latchkey kid era but you know it's the mid 90s where the look where teens it was like oh she's 16 she could stay home alone it's kind yeah. of like oh, no don't, don't leave teens home alone like that <laughs> yeah especially with these calls going around and she, i think she was already having the suspicion that she was going to get a call anyway mm-hmm. um which i think was is, is smarter for her to already kind of be prepared for that it just sucks that it happened with her being you know mid-dreaming <laughs> in a sleep yeah, um so that right. would probably creep me the hell out um but then you know oh go ahead you know it was one of the things that i kind of speak talking about phone calls the phone calls in this film in particular because that is like the thing right yeah. is this these phone calls from ghostface we're having this era of like not everybody has cell phones which is also interesting but I, when I was watching with my friend Jill, they pointed out that um, we were kind of having fun listening to the voice and wondering which of the two of them might be talking at that point. Oh, I like, never really looked at the film that way. That's kind of fun. Right? We oh. were having moments of like, oh, that sounds like something Stu would say. Or like, oh, that's got to be a Billy moment. Or are they having moments where they're doing it separately? Like one is one is doing it that night and then like another one's doing it the other night but it was kind of cool to go back and forth and listen especially in that scene to listen about like who who do we think is talking to her yeah. at that point that's you that's know? interesting i'm gonna have to do that that's a good game yeah it was a it was really fun to kind of think about who i mean what we will likely never know the answer to it but um i just thought it was kind of interesting to see like 
who would who would talk to Sydney this way, who would talk to Casey this way, you know, and, and yeah. the relationships of the people they're talking to, you know. Yeah, that that's really fun. I never thought of doing that. But that's another reason to go watch this movie again for like the 30th time. <laughs> um, but yeah, th- this whole scene is it's crazy because she's being attacked and then Billy shows up. And this is the, the big red herring right here. But then yeah. with the music already, you it's him. <laughs> you know, right. it, it's Billy. He has the phone. Um, and another thing too with this movie that I love is like how they always like put in like other directors' names where like like cops or not. I like that too. That, that was they, so great that they just kind of incorporate everybody um, into yeah. this in the whole horror world. Um, well, but- it is such a like a love letter to the horror community. I think it's like poking fun at it, but it also just has a lot of love. Oh yeah, for the for sure. whole genre. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it um it sucks. Um. When he he gets caught. Um, what the hell did I write down? Mm-hmm. This is what I I hate my handwriting. Oh, I think uh, Tatum says to Dewey that he's a doofus, and I thought that was really funny, so I wrote that down. Because yeah. <laughs> no one says that anymore. Yeah, what a great insult. no one calls anybody doofuses. Um, and uh, like also knowing that like Dewey is is Tatum's um, brother, and they live together, mm-hmm. and now that Sydney's at at their house, but gets a call. And I love, I love Dewey. He runs out and he's like in his his PJs and his underwear and everything. He runs out and then he, he gets the phone. And he just goes, "Hello!" Like he's like super serious <laughs> when he puts down the phone. Right. That that cracks me Everyone's up every single voice. time. Um, but that's a pretty tense moment too, because like you're mm-hmm. you're not even at home. So I think at that point it it had to have been Stu because he already has Tatum's number. You know, that's my right. logic anyway. Sure. Um, it, it would have it would have to be. Right. I mean, he could have gave yeah. it to Billy, but Billy at this point is in jail. So that would, that would right. have to be. Um, I think there's also, you know, there's this added thing about how that scene is so tense because. We especially because like so much of this is like home invasion kind of yeah. horror. Um, I think that we think that, oh, I'm at a friend's house, like I've gone to somewhere safe, you know, even whatever our sentiments towards law enforcement are like, Oh, there's a police officer in the house. Like there's a sense of safety and the fact that it like permeated that, you know, it transcended that boundary as well, or that, you know, that idea of safety um, and security with, with your friends around and with, you know, the idea that there's safety in numbers, but not always the case. And we see that further on in the party scene too. It's just like really palpable. My, I'm so sorry. My cat is trying to eat my headphone cord <laughs> That's okay. off it's of my cute. chest. So her That's name cute. is Scully, and she's a monster. That's okay. Everybody's gonna love that. <laughs> Cats are great. <laughs> I'm more of a dog person, but I love any animal. But um, <laughs> yeah, I do love cats. Um, so oh yeah, with the whole um, with Sydney not trusting Billy. I mean, yeah. Can you really blame her? Or acting the way that she's acting towards him, not um, at all. I would be the same way. You know, like you, a phone fell out of your pocket. Obviously, it was done on purpose to kind of shift the blame of whoever was doing it. But you're with this person, and there's somebody you're supposed to trust and whatnot. And she's got this capital T trauma, especially around her mother's death and like the horrible circumstances of it. Like, I'm surprised she is as as chill as she is for several parts of this film where I'm just like, that's horrifying. Yeah. something I would never hope 
to have happen. Yeah. Um, is there another scene that that you can think of that like really popped out for you that you wanna you wanna talk about? Yeah, I mean, definitely the just having brought it up the party scene. I think you know we get into this. Obviously, there are nods of meta horror at the beginning with Casey's death, and we they talk about what's your favorite scary movie and yep. this, that, and the other. But we also get into it with the party scene when we see um, Randy's character saying, don't go there, don't turn around, turn around, the killer's right there. You know, that whole um, that whole moment where we're just like, the the meta nature, this, this film is meta. Like, yes. it defined the genre of meta, yep. right? But I think it's just interesting the the like hiding in plain sight thing that these guys are doing and now that we know you know watching it back having seen this this film several times it's like now you're kind of keeping tabs on them and you're just watching what their moves are and what's happening and who's going where you know you're watching all of this happen whereas you know when you first watch it there's that whole scene with Tatum going into the garage and you're just like oh like someone made a beer run like just after like, like we think I've we've all been to house parties like yeah. we've all had like you know maybe debaucherous nights with our friends in high school and college and that that idea that like there is a like a wolf among us you know like there's there's the the, the imposter is on the ship kind of thing um that hiding in plain sight it, it, it I think it's just really fascinating because we're not seeing the like persistence of Michael Myers. We're not seeing the dreamscape that we see in Nightmare on Elm Street. We're not seeing this hell ethereal realm like in Hellraiser. You know, yeah. we're seeing teens at a party and there are, are wolves in the pack right now. Yeah. And scary. I just thought that it's really scary to think of. Like it actually really um that idea. Like I just recently watched Who Invited Them on Shutter. Oh, I don't know if yeah. you've seen that one yet. But like that also has tones of like just hiding out in in the crowd um, and what people can get away with. And like, yeah, I think that also kind of pulls it back into like how many scenes happen in the daylight in this film. Um, just this idea of, of, of the spotlight being fully turned on yeah. and still not knowing what's happening. Yeah. And that's another thing that makes Ghostface um, as a character very scary compared yeah. to everybody else because it's just a person it's yeah. it's no it's not michael myers who is like this unstoppable force or somebody mm-hmm. in your dreams or whatever it's anybody that you know it could be your best yeah. friend and that is truly scary and yeah. i it's think not that's supernatural yeah it's another reason why this film works so well is because it is relatable um maybe there was somebody who you know dealt with a situation like this which i know people have with someone stalking them or somebody close to them hurting them. You hear stories about that all the time. Um, and for it to be in a movie like this and for it to be so smart of how it's done and then not just being one person and being two people is yeah. extremely scary. Um, like, I, I feel for anybody who has been in any, kind of, in any kind of situation like this and I hope that right. you never get into one that's anything like this, especially not as violent and as scary as this. Um I don't know. It's it, it's crazy. And um, one scene that I think um, is probably the scariest for me, um, that the whole party scene is is really scary. But the the school bathroom scene when mm-hmm. she's she's in school, 
that close up on the vent. Yeah. That slow close up on the vent. And then you see Ghostface there in school. Mm -hmm. Like you're not safe anywhere. And that is, that's horrifying. Right. I mean, I'm also, uh, films that are coming to mind after Scream, what is, um, it follows the strangers, you know, the just because and you're not safe anywhere kind of feeling. Yeah. that's really like it, it's a type of horror that I think all of us, you know, I, I think everyone ha- I think has their limits in horror of like I just cannot do X thing like yeah. that is something I can't watch and I think that it's really interesting that we all go back to this thing that is like actually probably one of the scariest things. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the the idea that it's not supernatural and that you're just not safe anywhere it's wild yeah even in a group of people like in the party where you think you're going to be safe and you send your best friend to go get some beers actually i think it's Stu that that yeah. sends her to go get some beer so he sets his own girlfriend up which is so fucked up you know yeah. um to Stu's an asshole <laughs> it's like why but the thing is why her she didn't do anything she's not even really part of this it was right. it's just to kill off people to maybe keep them silent, I guess is the the best way to describe that. And even like after her death, everybody's like, "Oh, where's Tatum?" And Stu's like, "I don't know. I guess she's uh, doing something." And so it's like, "How do you not know?" Right. And they don't find her till later, and yeah. it's so rough how they find her. Yeah. That's another like visual that sticks in my mind, along with like Casey's scene. Yeah, it's. I mean. The logic in in that kill it, it kind of is thrown out the the window if you put it into real world because those usually have sensors to stop especially if there's a lot of weight the doors won't go but for movie logic yeah. reasons it's yeah. brutal <laughs> very yeah. very brutal to get squished into um, a garage door um, yeah <laughs> I mean Maybe that's it's, why they have safety sensors now <laughs> yeah it's it's kind of a funny scene though and like you you really think Tatum's gonna get out of that and because she yeah. beats the crap out of him smacks him in the face with the door um kicks yeah him, she really does she puts up an incredible fight and then just she's dumb and tries to go through the freaking the dog door <laughs> yeah and I, I don't know why um I guess you no know, at that point it's really fight or flight um literally yeah. so yeah. Like, you've already fought and it's not working so you have to do whatever you can to get out of there and there's only like two ways out and one of them is really blocked and the other one is like maybe get out um yeah but uh i wish she survived because i really liked her i know i like tatum yeah she was she was pretty good comic relief Uh, most of the characters are big comic relief even the killers at points are comic reliefs you know you know, I was just about to bring up that kitchen scene. I'm sorry, my cat is attacking my feet. It's the oh, worst. Yeah. <laughs> um, she's So I will occasionally be spraying her in the face when she's being naughty. Um, <laughs> but uh, the kitchen scene between the two of them about when they're like, when uh, Billy is stabbing Stu and he like hits him too hard. And then like that whole, I found out after the fact that um, Matt Lillard uh, improvised like a whole bunch of that especially like the yep. phone bouncing off of his head like hey, give me that with the phone man yeah like that whole thing was all improvised which i just thought was so funny and so necessary at that moment because you know like this this film is pretty intense and it is it does have while 
you know, improbable circumstances. It has that like very real world, not supernatural feeling like we were talking about. And um, I think to have those comedic moments that weren't that weren't just like um, kind of gratuitous slapstick, but like looking back at it, the way Tatum dies is like, we just talked about it. It's actually kind of funny and like wouldn't ever happen. And like, oh God, she got stuck in a garage door. And like, <laughs> now that we say it out loud, it's pretty funny, right? Like, yeah. and then we have these incredibly hilarious improvised lines by these two guys. There's also like, I mean, personally, from my viewpoint, I see them as like very flirty and very like, you know, they're kind of like an odd couple pairing. Yeah. They yeah, very, I, get that. I think yeah. there's very much like an intimacy between the two of them, what platonic or otherwise. And like, we really get that, that full, you know, both comedic and intimate moment between the two of them in that kitchen scene. Yeah. You're really calling the cops? Oh man, my yeah. mom's going to kill me. My mom's going to kill me, man. <laughs> that That's like so big open, like, saliva mouth like yeah oh man i i think i think matt's from a comedy background too so i think um that's what really helped him sell a lot of that stuff um and and jamie kennedy has a comedy background so like yeah is that correct i think so yeah i think so i thought jamie kennedy had a comedy background as well yeah i think so um and then obviously you know we got matt to do scooby-doo and stuff like that Mm -hmm. so like he's he's he has a big career um, yeah and also like david arquette we have a lot of comedy people in this yeah and speaking of him you know with his dynamic with gail starts that yeah. um you know relationship even though it's really for gail to get what she wants but then it starts yeah. turning into something even more mm-hmm. um and i don't like you really want to hate her but you really want to like her at the same time um and i mean that- she's a problematic like strong female character and i think the tenacity and the ambition that she has like if we saw it in a male character we'd be like oh i i love to hate this guy you know so he's so slimy and evil and like we look at her and we kind of have this we're kind of putting ourselves at odds with that i think that we're we're because she just chooses to not play into any sort of softness or sweetness like she uses her sexuality and she also uses her femininity and her sharpness to get what she wants you know yeah like the uh when billy's in jail she just goes right into the police station like i don't even care come on let's go yeah and um poor cameraman gets killed (laughs) i know feel bad for him Um, yep but i love i love that dynamic and it obviously carries on throughout all the all the other films and the recent one which makes that scene so much sadder i mean the movie's been out for a while but like with dewey dying um it's just yeah it was I know. so bad that that messed me up i was like i know that this has to happen yeah in, like it narratively this is what makes sense i don't like it i don't have to like it <laughs> yeah for sure and that, yeah. that was really hard to watch um but it's a it's a great scene and it pushes things forward and you know makes the characters even stronger um but seeing it all kind of happen in this film and then see where it ends eventually is really yeah. sad. Um, but yeah, I, I love the whole dynamic between Gale and, and Dewey. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when they go to investigate the car down the street and they find out, oh my God, this is Sydney's dad's car, which he finds out in two seconds. Like right. he, he must have had the, the plates written down somewhere or something. <laughs> so it's like, okay, right. Dewey, you're good. You're doing your job well, man. Um, 
and then he gets gets stabbed. Everybody gets injured. There's, I don't think there's one person here that doesn't get injured. Um, yeah, in some capacity or other. Yeah, either dead or you know limping now, which that really sucks. That this one incident in in this movie makes Dewey limp throughout the whole rest of the films. So yeah, I, I feel bad for David having to do that every time he's yeah. in the film. <laughs> Definitely um, character study stuff. So yeah. Um. Let's see. Towards the end of this, it's really just the big last scene of you know finding that you know dad's there and locked up um mm-hmm. which then sucks um being locked up in a closet for days and was, days yeah and it was days. like what three or four days or something yeah it was a, it was a long time um and then you know sydney does the whole like i'm gonna play your game and pretty much uh knocks them away and whatnot and plays cat and mouse again and even before that um, she actually, you know, does have sex with Billy, which, you know, is, um, something you shouldn't be doing in the movies as Randy was talking about right. earlier, right. but she completely turns that trope around. It's like, doesn't matter. I still beat your ass, you know, right? which I think is really, really strong, uh, especially in, in the female, um, end of it of being like, it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm me and I'm strong. I'm myself and you can do whatever you want and I'm going to kick your ass regardless. Um, right. And then also you got Gail who comes and does um, one of the final blows. So yeah. there's a lot of woman empowerment in this film, which I think is great. And uh, yeah. and seeing it this early too in, in the 90s um, where it really wasn't that much. I mean, yeah, you yeah. get it in, in Nightmare on Elm Street and some other um, franchises and like, uh, like one-off movies. Yeah. I mean, there there's the whole final girl trope. You know, it started with Lori in Halloween. And I think you know, she's incredibly badass. And I, I am grateful for the horror genre in general for like really kind of taking that into the forefront. But I think that Scream is one of the, one it started to be one of the trailblazing films where like it shifted from like, oh, we need to preserve the innocence of the final girl. And, you know, she's this kind of uh, precious object that must be preserved and and pristine and shifted it to like, no she she will survive and she will do whatever it takes to survive and having her be badass and complicated and sexual you know like we were saying so I think that it's and having Gail also as like a foil to that yeah um and seeing kind of a more robust female character in horror not to say that the other scream queens are not but this is a little bit you know it's a it's a genre defining film yeah, for sure. And it, it's still going on, like we're saying. And Yeah. I don't think the franchise is really ever truly going to go away. It will probably still be here in some sort of fashion. It might not be called Scream. Because, um, sure. you know, every franchise or movie eventually evolves into something new, does spinoffs or whatnot. But I think with what they're doing and still keeping that, um, that woman empowerment very alive in all of the Scream movies is very, very important. Yeah, um, and we yeah. need that a lot more. And I mean, we have it in in Revealer, you know. <laughs> you, you we gotta, sure do. We have, have a lot of it, <laughs> and um, I want to see more of it. And um, I'm I'm very thankful that we have a movie like Scream that really helped um, you know, filmmakers and writers to want to be able to push the boundaries more. And that's why I love horror. It's, we're yeah, always same. always pushing boundaries and always you know changing the tides and, and creating something new and being like, what, you can do that. Wow. Okay. You <laughs> Watch <know>. me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, 
this film is it's got everything in it i mean people hate it people love it whatever whatever you want to do i I think this movie is is great and it still holds up today there's not really anything in it that doesn't really um i don't know doesn't look good um because it's not really anything there's no cgi in it i don't think yeah you know, I was I was kind of surprised to hear that it was a $14 million budget, just given the fact that there isn't CGI, you know, they're not doing creatures. They have this ghost face suit, you know, it's not like the it's not like the budget went towards that. I mean, yeah. obviously the budget went towards various other things. Um, but I think that it it's interesting that yeah. it was a million dollar or multi-million dollar budget. Yeah, I mean, I they did what they did, and they made it well, so props on them. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I think that's all the points I wanted to hit. Was there anything else you wanted to uh, bring up, Cato? Um, I think that we really touched on a lot of stuff. I mean, I I think that Billy and Stuart are in love with each other, but that's yeah. just me. Read my fan fiction. Yeah, let's get a spinoff. What would we call it? Um, shout. We'll call it Shout instead of Scream. <laughs> <laughs> Some, yep. something like that <laughs> yep all right well we can go to our final verdicts now so um yeah out of 10 what would you rate this um i enjoy this film it is a film that i absolutely you know if someone's like hey let's watch scream i would say yes um i i don't know that's necessarily my most favorite horror film but it's definitely up there so i'll probably give it a an eight out of ten Okay, that's that's pretty good. That's like yeah. way above average. Uh, I do enjoy this film. It's one I watch every year. Not not even just in the fall, just like any time, because it's it's a comfort movie. It definitely is. Yeah, yeah. Um, it holds up, and I feel like every time I watch it, even though I know who the killers are, at the end I'm still just like, "What? It's them?" <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, oh, you, I know. Same, same. <laughs> you always have that that feeling, and they're always like trying to guess even though you know who it is you're always like um oh, it's definitely this person even mm-hmm. you know you know who it is um and now that i have another reason to go and watch it now to go and try to guess who's saying what i think that's mm-hmm. that's really fun yeah so. oh yeah play that game and then message me and let me know what you who you think is saying what when oh yes yes it totally yeah. will i'll have dean do that too because dean loves this movie as well yeah um, totally it's just it's just one of those films that it's like yeah I'll put it on and I'll I'll watch it or even just have it on the background and you'll you can jump into it and you'll enjoy it at, at any point. Um, but would I would I rate this more than an eight? I think since it it really started to push more boundaries at the time in the nineties and it really did start the whole woman empowerment thing we were talking about. And it, it really turning the tropes on on its side, really, and and creating mm-hmm. something so new and, and visceral and real. I think I'm gonna have to give it a nine out of ten. Um, nice, nice. I don't, I don't think I would give it a full eight, um, full ten out of ten, because uh, mm-hmm. things can always be worked upon. And uh, but yeah. I do think this is the strongest movie out of all of them. People are probably gonna crucify me for saying that, but I mean, <laughs> it's it's my opinion. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, 9 out of 10, I think, is probably uh, where I'm going to land. Nice. Um, and I think before we, we jump off on this, um, Kato, do you want to tell everybody what you're up to? If there's anything you want to announce or any shows or anything you got going on? 
Yeah. Um, so the Revealer Companion comic has officially dropped as of today when we are recording this, which is the 14th of September. Yeah, Dustin's got the copyright there. Check it out. Yeah. Woo, 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 woo. Oh, yeah. Uh, there signed are... by Tim himself. Signed by Tim Seeley himself. Um, there are four various covers um, in the collection of the stories. And there are four stories um, that follow Angie, Sally, Asmodeus, and Ray uh, at various points in the Revealer universe. Um, so check that out at your local comic book shop. I hear they are selling like hotcakes. Um, yes, they are. That's great. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, we love to see it. Um, and uh, we are deep in the in the edits and post production of Black Mold. So look for that in 2023. And other than that, we're getting into the spoopy season. So if you're in Chicago, I have a number of. Um, Halloween-themed shows, burlesque shows, and variety shows coming up. Uh, you can feel free to check out my Instagram. I am at the uh, T-H-E-H-E-L-E-A. Oh, my God. H-E-L-E-N-A-H-A-N-D-B-A-S-K-E-T. The Helena Handbasket on Instagram. If you want to check out any shows in Chicago, would love to see you all there. Otherwise, just, you know. Love each other and keep watching horror films. Oh, yeah. I really wish I was in the area because I would love to come. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. You'll have to come out here and we'll, we'll go, we'll you go need to come, around. You need to come to Salem Horror Fest in April. I'm telling you. <sighs> oh, you my need God. To. Yes. I want yeah. to go. I want to go I'll to be there. there. I'll be there. Sounds um, great. And, you know, it's awesome having you on again. And I'm sure this isn't the last time. I'm, I know you'll be on again, especially for Black Mold. We'll definitely have you on for that. I um, love that. And any other movies that you want to you want to come on and, and talk about? It doesn't have to be anything on that list. Anything you think of, so, awesome. um, we can always plan it, and uh, I'll make sure Dean's here Let's, next time. <laughs> we'll dive into the Ari Aster world. <laughs> oh hell yeah, that would be fun as hell. Yeah, oh my I would God. love that. Didn't he, just, he just had a new movie that was announced, right? He did. About? There was an announcement about a new film coming out, but I don't know anything about it. Yeah, I don't know if there's a title <laughs> yet. I think they were just talking about it. it's going to be. Yeah. It's going to be like the craziest one that I think he's done, which which is saying something. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say that. It's like, so what are we are, what are we in for this time? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What 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 fuckery awaits? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and and this is Scully eating my microphone. <laughs> oh, that's okay. We got to get her on more podcasts as well. <laughs> yeah, she she is a pod a podcast. So. <laughs> that's awesome. And uh, Kato. Yeah. Thank you for taking some time out of your day, your busy day, to come on and talk about some horror and escape the real yeah. world for a little bit, you know. It's a pleasure as always. Thank you again for having me. Yep. And uh, we're always going to be there on on all of our socials for you to come and talk and whatnot. And anytime you want to come on, talk about anything, spread the word to the other um, Revealer crew just to let them know that I'm still here. I'm still supporting you guys. I promise. Yeah. I, I am here. I am <laughs> Absolutely. Here. Absolutely um, well. This was a blast, and thank you for everybody who is listening and/or watching. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. All right.